to start today and talk about my bags are too heavy. My bags are too heavy. Jesus began to teach us throughout the word of God that if we take his yoke or his teachings, that word yoke is the word teachings. If we take his teachings, they become light for us. They help us carry the heavy load because he gives us strength. And the Bible said the joy of the Lord is my Three of you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That sounded strong right there. That sounded strong. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And when you begin to take the teachings of the word of God, they produce joy in your life. And when you understand that his teachings allow you to walk in his joy, not just in the state of happiness, because you can be happy today and sad tomorrow. One phone call can change your world. One phone call can turn everything upside down. One encounter, one person leaving, one uh, bill that you get in the mail, one uh, tragedy can turn everything around. But the joy of the Lord allows you to endure in all situations. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I've learned wherever I'm at, whatever state I find myself in, I've learned to be content. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Wasn't it amazing that Paul could write the word of God and declare the scriptures from a prison? He could sing in a prison. He could stand in a gathering of believers because he learned that the joy of the Lord was not based on his surroundings. And Jesus began to teach us throughout the word of God. The writer in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he said this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, Stripping off unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. He said, I want you to look at all of those that have went before us, the great people of the word of God, the witnesses that are in heaven today declaring God's faithfulness, people that have done great exploits. Never forget that they were people just like you. But they are living examples living in eternity to display God's faithfulness to you and I. They are cheering us on, the Bible said. They are surrounding us, allowing us to know that we can make it. Whatever you're walking through, whatever you're facing, that God is more than enough. They begin to talk about people that did great exploits of faith. They begin to tell us about champions and heroes of faith throughout this passage. But he said, if you're ever going to be one of those people, I would love to live a life that God would write about. I would love to be a man or woman of God that would live a life that God would chronicle if he was writing a modern day testament of his word. What if your story was displayed in the word of God? In order for that to happen, you must be found faithful. And the Bible said these people, they were chronicled in the word of God because of their exploits and what God did through their life. And he said, but to live a life of great exploit and great achievement, you have to lay aside two things, every weight and every sin. Weight and sin are two different things. There are weights that are sin nature and they become heavy. But there are weights in your life that aren't necessarily sin. They just keep you from filling your purpose. I'm trying to lay aside some weight. It's not been easy. But it's not talking about physical weight. I've been trying to do it physically. I've been trying to lose a few pounds, but the other night I was tempted I was on Florida Avenue, and all of a sudden, I saw the red sign from hell at Krispy Kreme, and it was blinking, and I have to say, I fell. 
I pulled in, bought a whole box. I didn't eat the whole box. I shared it with the family. I did fall, but the Bible said a righteous man may fall seven times, but he will arise again. I drove by yesterday and did not even pull in. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. But the Bible tells us to lay aside every weight that so easily besets us, so so easily trips us up. The weight of life. Many of us, it's the weight of the past. It's the relationship we're in today that is being filtered through the relationship of yesterday. It's the financial decisions that you're trying to make that are having to be balanced by the financial decisions you made yesterday. It's the view of tomorrow through the filter of a last season. And you carry these weights, and they're not sinful things, but they're weighty places that cause you to move slowly through life's journey. But then there are sin in your life. We're going to talk in a few weeks about strongholds in our life, things that root into our spirit. And for some, they've been generational. They've literally been given down generation to generation in your family. And we're going to talk about some of those family baggage that we carry and some of those things that, that become soul ties in our life. But for some, it's those anchors of sin that keep us bound and they become just like this luggage. I, I love to travel like Matter of fact, I, I've become a master of traveling. I can jump on on a plane, be gone for three days and have one bag and a briefcase because I can pack it all in. I, I, I detest going to that little carousel after you get off your flight. I like to jump off the plane and be gone. Now, I have three girls in my house and when we travel as a family, it's a whole different story. We have to rent a Suburban for like a three-day trip. I'm joking. Getting that stare from the front row. And it's not Pastor Mike. <laughs> but we go through life and we carry this baggage. And this baggage begins to weigh us down. He said, if you will lie aside not only the weight and the sin of your life, but the things that have encumbered you and keep you from running in the fullness of God's purpose, he said, it will allow you to run the race with intentionality, with endurance, with persistence. It allows you, when you feel like you're making no tracks in life, to just keep on moving. As the old preacher would say, you got to keep on keeping on. When you feel like you've done nothing or you're going nowhere, there's something that rides by because you're running life. And you're moving at a pace where the enemy is not sidetracking you with the weight of your journey. He said, lay aside every weight and every sin. Why? Because there is a plan of purpose that God is rolling out before you. And if you do not run the right way, you will miss the door that God is opening in your life. If you allow strongholds and things to creep up in your life and root in your life, they become baggage. But I'm praying over the next few weeks, we're going to leave some baggage at the altar. We're going to check our baggage in, and it's going to be a one-way destination. We're going to send it back to where it came from. It's not going to travel with us. Now, we got to Paris uh, a few months back. We were going over there on a trip to minister, and we got to Paris, and our bags did not arrive. You don't want to go to Paris with no suitcase. Well, it's fun to be in Paris, but I mean, you know, we were getting ready to do ministry, need all our clothes. About two days later, the bags arrive. We're going to pray that you're going to travel and the bags you drop off, they don't travel with you. But they arrive at another destination. They go somewhere else. 
They're sent back to hell from which they came. Somebody needs to put a tag on your bag and send it back. That wasn't in the first three services. That was for free today. That wasn't in any other service. But we carry this stuff. He said, lay aside the weight. Check your bags so that you don't have to run weighed down. Jesus began to tell us a story about a father that had two sons in the book of Luke. And in chapter 15, Jesus begins to paint this picture of this family. A loving father that had two boys that in each of them, he desired that the purpose of the kingdom be fulfilled. And the Bible says in verse 11, there was a man who had two sons. The younger son spoke to his father. He said, Father, give me my share of the family property or my goods. So the father divided his property between his two sons. And not long after that, the younger son packed up all he had and went to Las Vegas. No, I didn't say that. I'm just making sure you're listening. He went to a far country, far away from the father. Then he wasted his money on wild living. It could have been Las Vegas. He spent everything he had. Then he and the whole country went into a famine and they become low on food. So the son didn't have what he needed. So he went to work for someone who lived in that country. That person sent the son to the fields to feed the pigs. So the son wanted to fill his stomach with the food the pigs were eating because no one gave him anything. Watch this. At the father's house, there was more than enough. In a faraway place, there was never enough. No one would help. At the father's house, the provision overflowed. In the faraway place, he could not find provision. And the Bible said he began to think clearly again. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough food? But here I am dying from hunger. I will get up and go back to my father. I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servant. So he got up and went to his father. While the son was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with tender love for his son. He ran to him. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I am no longer fit to be called your son. Now watch this. He said, I've sinned against heaven and you. And now I'm carrying the baggage of it. So I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattest calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. The son of mine that was dead, he is now alive again. He was lost and he is now found. So they began to celebrate. Three things. His choices produced in his life a baggage he could not carry. His choices in his life, they produced things that he could not conquer on his own. And then his circumstances begin to change. His perspective of the father has been jaded by the baggage he is now carrying. Because this is what he says, if I can get back to the father's house, I will tell him I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. And not only did he see his father in a way that was not conducive to the father's house or the way the father projected himself, he saw himself in a different light now. Before he saw himself as connected to the father, a recipient a blessing but now he sees himself in a broken place carrying the baggage of life and he said if I can just get back to my father's house I will ask him to allow me to live as a servant 
Because I'm not even worthy to be called a son. He gets up and the Bible says this. The Bible said he began to walk back towards the father's house. He began to journey back to the place that he left. And he's walking through all the shame and all the disappointment. And I love what Luke 15 chapter 20 says. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Now watch. In his mind, he thought there was a distance that the father would create. You're not a son any longer. You're now going to be a servant. But the father never intended, the father never intended to create distance. He was going to cover the distance. He was going to cover the distance between him and the son. The father was not looking for revenge. He was looking for relationship. The father was not going to look and say, you know what? You blew it. You messed up. You you made a mistake. But the Bible said the father began to run towards the son. Before he could ever get to the father, the father got to him. This boy is carrying all of his baggage. And the minute the father gets to him, he throws his arms around him and he kisses him. What does that kiss represent? It was a sign of covenant. It was a sign that you are my son and I am your father. And he kissed him in the boy backs up because he's carrying all the baggage of the journey and he says father wait a second I'm not here to live as a son I just want to be a servant I just want to work for a daily wage I just want to get through life because where I've come from I was broken look at all this stuff I'm carrying if you get real close you can smell the mire of the pig pen and the father said wait a second boy be quiet bring quick the best robe and put it on his back bring a ring and put it on his hand and bring him some shoes and put them on his feet. Why did he want a robe? He wanted to cover every scar of where he had been. Not with just any robe, but the best robe. Jesus was sent to cover you and it wasn't just any gift. It was the best gift. It was Jesus in the flesh and he covers everywhere we have ever been. Why did he say a ring? Ring represented the insignia of the house. He wanted that boy to have the authority of the house and everywhere he went, he wanted people to know, that's my boy. That's my son. He was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, but he's now found. I want everyone that sees you not to see the shame, but to see the covering of this house. Bring a ring and put it on his hand. But then he said, bring shoes and put them on his feet. Why did he ask for shoes? Shoes were the first gift ever given to a slave. When a slave was set free, they were given new shoes to wear because they were now free. Very rarely would a slave, unless he had become a man of authority or a woman of authority over other slaves, given shoes. And shoes were one of the first gifts a slave was ever given. What he was saying was that he's no longer a slave to the yesterday of his life. He's no longer a slave to the journey of the pig pit. He's no longer a slave to the far place or the things he's lost. But he's about to step into a new season as a son of God. You're about to step into a new season as a child of God. He says, we're not going to stop there. But I love what he said. He said, let's kill the fatted calf. You know the one we've had over in the pen and we've been giving everything. 
extra food. Why? Because I knew one day this moment would come, that one we've been fattening up for this celebration, not just any calf, but go to the corner in the pen, and you'll find the one that's a little fatter than the others that we have been saving for this day. He said, kill that one. We're about to have a party. Why? Because it was never the Father's intent to burden or blame, but God always wants to bless. He never looked at the boy and said, boy, I've heard about the pig pen. I've heard about the mire. I've heard about the mistake. I heard about where you were. I heard you went to that far place. I heard you were in Vegas and spent everything. I heard what you did. I heard the places you were a part of. No, it was never the father's intention to blame or burden, but it's always the father's intention, the Bible says, to give good gifts to his children and bless the children of God. God's got blessing for your life. It doesn't matter what you're carrying. There's a blessing for your life. It doesn't matter the things you're dragging in life. He said, lay aside every weight. Throw it aside because there is a path set before you, a path of blessing and a path of favor. This is what he says. He says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Before he could get to the Father, the Father got to him. Turn your attention to the video screen. since we talked, I was, you know, I was kind of hoping you'd answer, but um, you know, I understand that you probably don't want to talk to me. I've just gone so far, and the things I've done, I, I just regret it, you know? And I know how bad I've hurt you and let you down, but, but Dad, I, I miss you. I miss how we drive around and just talk about life. And I just, I just want to come home. But I know you've probably written me off. I can't blame you, actually. Here's, here's, here's the thing. It's kind of a shot in the dark, but I'm, uh, I'm coming through town soon, and I can't just show up at the front door like I used to, but but if you want to see me, just hang a small sheet out on the porch. If the sheet isn't there, when I drive by, I'll keep going, and, and I'll try not to bother you anymore. I love you, Dad.
the only time you will ever find that God runs. He's not anxious. He never has to catch up. He never gets in a hurry. But you will find that he will run towards you. There were two sons in this house. The first son knew that he had access to the things of the father. He took his stuff and he spent it the wrong way. And because of that, he carried baggage in his perspective of the father was jaded. There's some of you, because of where you've been, your perspective is jaded. Because of a father you had or a mother you had. A relationship you walked through. Circumstance that you endured. A choice you made. You carry this baggage. And he says, if you'll get up and lay it aside. Before you can get to me, I'll get to you. The second son never left the house. The Bible said they started having a party because the son was back. Father looked around and couldn't find the older brother. The Bible said he went out to find him and he finally found him. And he looked at the older brother and said, what are you doing? Come in and celebrate with us. Your brother that was gone, the one that was dead to us, the one that was lost, he's home. Let's celebrate. He wouldn't come in. He said, Father, why would you celebrate? Look at all he did. Look at all that he lost. And you killed a fatted calf and you put a robe on him and you've done all these things. You never did that for me and I never left the house. The father looked at him almost in amazement and and said, Son, what are you talking about? Everything I have is yours. You've never left this house, but you're covered in baggage. Insecurities and broken places have never allowed you to experience the fullness of this house. You could have had a barbecue every night of the week. It's all yours. You could have wore a new robe every day. They're all yours. You could have had a ring for every finger and every toe. And one for your belly, if you like. It's all yours. Everything I've got is yours. See, I find there are people in church, they've never went to the far place. They've never been so distant from God that they carry all of this heavy sin baggage. But there are things in their life and insecurities that have wrapped them and they have never experienced the fullness of God's purpose. He said, not just the sin, but the weight. Lay it aside so that you can launch in and run towards everything that God has for you. I'm praying over the next few weeks, we're going to leave some baggage at the altar. We're going to leave some baggage and we're going to travel with the right things in our life. We're going to travel with the right perspective. We're going to see God not through the lens of a broken relationship, but through the eyes of the Word of God that speak to who we are, that tell us on our worst day 
we're still the righteousness of Christ. And on our best day, we can never earn his grace. But every day, his grace is sufficient. Every morning, his mercy is brand new. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Because I need mercy today for yesterday's mistakes. I need mercy today for yesterday's disappointments. And I need to let go of some things that I've tried to hold on to because it keeps me from reaching fully to my purpose. Because if I can only reach with one hand while I'm still holding the baggage of yesterday with the other, I have trouble getting into God's purpose for me. But when I lay aside the weights and I drop them at the cross, and I throw my hands in the air and say, God, everything I have, all that I am, it's yours. You know the universal sign of surrender? Is you lifting your hands or me lifting my hands? Prisoners that surrender in war, they throw their hands up. If I was in a bank and somebody came in with a gun, wanted to rob the place and take my $3 that I had in the bank, he had a mask on, what would he tell me? Throw your hands up. What God says to you is if you'll throw your hands up and let go of the weight and surrender to me, I'll wrap you in my best. I'll put a ring on your hand and shoes on your feet. I'll roll out the carpet of purpose before you. And with every step you take, I'll take two. And with every two, I'll take four. And with every four, I'll take eight. And before you can get to me, I'll get to you. I will run to you. I will cover you. Maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, I need to let go of some stuff. If that's you, throw one of your hands in the air and say, I'm letting go. If you're really serious, throw both hands in the air. Say, it's all yours. I'm going to pray over you today. I'm just going to pray. That as you release, chains would break. Because the minute Jesus steps in, everything changes. One mindset can keep you from embracing God's purpose. One insecurity can cause you to miss out on God's best for your life. One anchor of sin can cause you to sidetrack and miss an open door of God's blessing. And we all need God's grace. We all need the experience of his mercy. I know you got your hands up down to pray. But I do know this. When you let go, God grabs on. I'm going to say that one more time. When you let go, God grabs on. And there's some of you, you've got to hold on yesterday so you can't grab hold of him. The father grabbed the boy and the boy stepped back and said, wait a second, look at all my stuff that I've drugged with me. The father said, we've got to take care of that today. Bring a best robe, bring a new ring and new shoes and let's have a party. We're going to have a party today because you're about to take one step closer to your purpose and your destiny. Father, I pray today. I thank you, Father, that we are letting go 
and we are grabbing hold and we are reaching in. We're laying aside weights today. For some of us, we're letting go of sinful places and we're asking you to forgive us and cleanse us and wash us. We're getting out of the mire and moving back toward the right places of your word and of your promise. Leaning in to the purpose that we've been created for. And Father, I can see you today waving a white banner, holding a robe, holding a box that contains a ring of authority, and declaring that our feet are covered in the Word of God, that we would step in to purpose and promise. So, Father, as we let go, Father, I pray everyone in this room, those watching online, would just feel your embrace, knowing, Father, that as Jesus steps in, everything would begin to change.